This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. So I'm recording today from my brother and sister-in-law's cabin, um, and I'm giving you guys an early episode since Sunday is Christ Mass. Um, I want everybody to be able to listen to the episode beforehand, um, and I really don't want to be worrying about dropping an episode on Christmas because I'm going to be doing other things like getting drunk. So with that being said, um, this episode this week, don't listen to around your kids. At this point, don't listen to the podcast around your children most of the time, but this episode for sure, trigger warning on it, we do talk about sexual assault, um, and various other things, um, drugs and whatnot. This has been probably one of my favorite episodes to record um, just because we just talked about a whole bunch of things that I haven't necessarily talked about on the podcast before. Um, Danny is our guest this week, and we did exchange readings for each other and some additional bonus content that is available on Patreon. If you are new to the podcast, you can watch the full-length interview over on Patreon. It is available to every single tier, so for $5, you can watch it. Um, you're going to go to patreon.com slash coven of rejects. It is also linked in the description. And so are all of Danny's social medias. So please go follow him, show him support, show him love. And with no further ado, here is this week's episode. Oh, and I forgot to mention that merch is still 10% off with code coven22 at checkout. So go to covenofrejects.com, go grab your merch and rep the fucking podcast. Okay, bye. What up, baby? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for letting me join in. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we're best friends now. I <laughs> I decided that for us. Um, so I don't even know if I told you exactly how I found you, but Noelle called me and left me a voicemail. And she's like, listen, all right. And you know, like Noelle gets so animated with her talking. And she's like, I found this boy. He's from Jersey. You're going to love him. You got to have him on the podcast. You don't even know what he's been through, but he's writing a book called Sex, Drugs, and Spirit. And listen, Gemini, Sex, Drugs, and Spirit, Sex, Drugs, and Spirit, you tell me that you two aren't meant to be together. That's what it is. You better fucking call him. And so she, I said, okay, well, get us in contact. Like, you know, if he's open to it, you know, give him my number or whatever. And, um, she sent me your TikTok and all it took was me looking at the pictures of you. And I was like, this flamboyant, majestic, spiritual creature is meant to be in my life and here the fuck we are. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she uh, reached out to me. Noelle had, uh, I had actually reached out to Noelle because um, I wanted to do her mediumship program and that's how me and her conjoined. But it went in from like, like I, I went to ask about her mediumship class to like, oh my God, I need you to do something immediately. She's like, she's like, you need to get on this podcast. You need to be on Coven of Rejects. I, like, I was like, you don't even know who I am. Do you even know like if I'm real or what? She's like, it was just like, she didn't even care. She's like, I need you on this podcast. So I was like, okay. I was like, let's do it. And then here we kind of linked up and stuff. And I was like, I was super excited because like I've done, you know, uh, previous podcasts before and stuff like this, but this was much more bigger, you know, for me personally, um, especially seeing you on Patreon and then also on Spotify, which is absolutely wonderful. I mean, the creation that you've made and me going through your podcast and hearing all of these amazing journeys, I was like, oh my God, I need to be a fucking part of this immediately. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's wonderful. Like what you do, I like appreciate it so much. Wow. Thank you so much. When you, when I texted you, I was like, you can listen to like episodes here and like get to know my interview style. And you were like, oh, I'm doing the Patreon. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. Um, but thank you so much for, for all those shout outs. I want to hear about your journey. I know that you have been through like some crazy shit just on the, you know, two voice notes we've sent each other. So I want to start at the very beginning of your journey and kind of go where you are now. So what spirituality were you raised in? And then how do you identify yourself now? Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, totally fine. Yeah. So it's, so I was raised in a Presbyterian church, you know, um, where, you know, um, they wanted to, you know, baptize me and all of this other stuff, you know, growing up, you know, um, it was, it was basic, it was basis on my grandfather and what my grandfather had grew up on, you know, God rest his soul now. Um, and I can, like, I could just feel him watching me as I go and I say this because he's, he's known my journey when it came to spirituality and uh, my thoughts and my beliefs on Jesus Christ and my thoughts and my beliefs on the church and religion and man. And because I was always open, I was always open and I was always the one to always ask questions, um, you know, and, um, growing up it was very very difficult for me to integrate into the church life you know going and you know going to Sunday school and all this other stuff and then you know when all the kids were going and getting baptized they were always asking me questions why why aren't you why aren't you giving yourself to God to Jesus Christ and all this other stuff and I didn't want it I didn't want it um even when I was a young child because I didn't want to be a part of this whole mass i wanted i wanted to separate myself i i didn't want to be the thing that had to um subject just because our pastor was stating like this is what you had to do in order for you to you know have your sins removed i was a fucking child what kind of sins am i doing like what am i stealing the bubble gum out of fucking you know the 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 store across the street like what sins am i doing at this age that i have to have my sins removed like it's not like i'm born with it i ask questions i ask questions all the time my grandfather and me used to butt heads all the time in order for me to come to some sort of understanding that this is what society deemed okay. And, um, you know, God, again, God rest his soul. I love him, but, but he knew the inspiration that was creating and building inside of me because I asked those questions. Um, you know, um, I, you know, grew up and, you know, still attending Sunday school, you know, um, going into regular church, you know, once I, I became of age, you know, at, at the age of 12, 
you know, then we went from Sunday school and we had to sit in regular church, you know, with all the older crowd, um, all of our elders or all of the wise ones and, you know, da, 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 whatever. And I, I was like bored. I was like, I was like sitting there like reading pamphlets. I would like twiddle my fingers. People would stand up and, oh, holy Lord, oh, holy God. Like, and here I am and I'm just sitting there because like I wasn't a part, I didn't feel a part of it. You know, and I remember, um, you know, in Farmingdale, New Jersey, um, you know, shout out to them, God rest their souls. Um, I had my pastor come up to me and was like, you know, maybe you should join in. And uh, I looked at my pastor and I remember, you know, and this is at the age of 13 years old. Um, I remember looking at my pastor and said, why? Why, why should I have to listen to, you know, what it is that you're, you're saying to me, you know? Um, because this is my belief that I, I don't need to stand up and I don't need to sing to God. You know, you, you teach us that God is always with us. Well, why do I have to do this, this, and this to recognize this entity, this, this thing, Jesus Christ, you know? And I was always bucking the system. I was always the rebellious one. Even my, my parents, I would come home and stuff like this and along these lines, you know, and tell, you know, they would hear these stories from my sisters and my sisters were like, yep, Danny did it again. He, he, he caused a scene, made a scene. Um, and it wasn't until, um, I, it was of the age of 13, it was the same year that we had watched a movie called Left Behind with Kirk Cameron. And I, I went home crying my eyes out. Um, it was a night, it was a night showing, you know, the church, you know, uh, put it on and the movie, you know, came on and stuff. And I'd watched all these things and I said, you know, there was children that were in this movie and... The, these children, their parents were gone, but they were, they stayed. And I was like, what God takes away? And, you know, I, I countless numbers of nights, I, it still gives me chills because I was scared of death. I was scared of Jesus Christ. I was scared of God, you know, because of these things that we were taught, you know, the, the rapture and they're going to take everybody away and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I, you know, I'm going to get hate for it, but I, what God does that, what God takes you away from family, you know, what, and that's what I came home and I asked my parents. And I remember my mom had to stay in my bed countless numbers of nights because I, I would be afraid to go to sleep because I thought I was going to wake up and I'd had no parents, you know? And, um, I remember that was, that was the first time that I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And there was little bits and pieces, you know, my, me being gay, because I, I have a very feminine voice. I'm very outspoken. I'm very loud. You know, back then this, you're, you're lucky that you're getting this right now, because back then I was, I was bright colored and fucking, you know, the women wore floral. I wore floral. Cause I didn't give a fuck. You know, I didn't care. I wanted to be me. That's who I was trained to be. This is what I wanted. You know, you could not snuff out this energy that I had. You didn't, you weren't going to put me in this place. And um, I know I'm doing my shy, I call them my shy hands. It's my Jersey shy hands. I move my Dude, hands. Dude, I love around, it. I'm so. here for the whole experience. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, hey, listen, when I start doing this, run, okay? Because that, that, then, it's then, the, then it's the, the Italian fifth. hand gestures. It's just, it's coming out. I'm not even Italian. I'm Scottish. Okay. But, but there of course, being raised in New Jersey, it's like, you know, everyone's like, you know, come on. So, um, but bits and pieces, you know, deconstructed my, 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 my belief of the church because then I would be getting, you know, well, he's reading Harry Potter 
you know, I would go into church with a with with Harry Potter, you know, and read it during sermons. And we were we were shunned from doing that. We were told not to do that. I didn't give a fuck. Okay, it was my classes were reading it. Everyone else was reading it. You know, Marilyn Manson, my first Marilyn Manson album, my mom smashed it. Okay, because no. he was considered the Antichrist. Oh, God. oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, love her though. Love her though. And now she listens to Marilyn Manson all the time. Okay, so... Um, but this was her constructed belief and my dad's belief of what, you know, what they were taught and, and how they were raised. And, but, uh, you know, growing up and, and inside the church, you know, there was always questions about my sexuality. And, and that was also another shunner that I wanted to stand out even more because motherfucker, you're, you're not going to sit here and tell me that I'm going to go to hell. And, and it, it was almost like the, the pastor would have these sermons about man loving man you know, or women loving women, and it, and it would be shunned. And it felt like he was talking to me the entire time because word was going around that Danny was different, that Danny, you Did know, you know back then, though? Because you're talking about when you were a kid. Did you know that you were gay? Seven years old. Seven really? years old. Really? So, and I you were it. so open, and, and that was just so you that everybody around you could notice that? I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think that it's a beautiful thing for you to know yourself that young, but also know yourself and be like, and I'm going to be who I am. And I'm going to be open about that because that adds a totally different level to your personality, because that's, um, that's something that just comes naturally to you. A lot of people have to work very, very, very hard to have outward expression. Oh yeah. <laughs> 14 years old I bought my first set of heels okay because I wanted to yeah. I, I didn't care I was the game changer I was the game changer for my community I I you know and and, and listen we we talk about like all this courage and all the standing up but there was countless countless nights of blood sweat and tears where I would go home because it's like why don't people just love me yeah. you know why why can't I be who I want to be why why does it matter why does it matter? But I still would do it the next day. I would be like, you know what? Fuck them. You know what? I'm going to fucking show these motherfuckers real quick, you know, because I didn't want to pe- be a part of this structure that was being taught because to me, the structure was what was condemning us is it's what was um, devaluing our, our own person was the church was the schools and all this other stuff. And I went to schools that went, you know, that, you know, all the parents went all to the same church. I went to, you know, all the kids knew each other growing up. And if you weren't this, and if you weren't that, then, then you weren't a part of that, you know? So it's like, yeah. And, you know, in the end I do, I do take, you know, fault of it, but it turns me to, you know what? No, I'm going to discover my own fucking, my own God. I'm going to discover my own Jesus Christ and I'm going to form it to my own opinion of what that is. Um, because that's just how, that's how I believe it's, and, and nobody taught me that everybody tried to, to, to force their hand down my throat to make me into this puppet. And I, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So, you know, yeah. And you shouldn't be having to be anybody's puppet. And unfortunately, a lot of people who grow up in like an organized religion and where things are very structured, there's also a lot of fear that goes around too. So like you're being raised by parents who are fearful because the Bible says to be. And so like, if you are, 
you're different or you listen to this music or you do these things or you express yourself this way or you have these questions. Fear is one of the like the easiest to multiply energies. If one person is scared, they can easily exude that fear to other people and it monopolizes. And so to just paint the picture for people listening and like, so that I can make sure that you and I are on the same wavelength. I see you being this little boy who is completely different inside of a very structured system with structured parents who have strict judgments on you. And they're scared if you don't do these things. So as you are so young and expressing yourself, you also have these people telling you, make yourself small, it's easier to swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how you're supposed to look. And I so was like, what no, did that do is- for you growing up? Because this is when you're little. We talk about heels at 14. So as you're because I imagine there has to be like self-coping mechanisms and all kinds of stuff. Oh, girl, was there. And it didn't start at 14. It started at 10 years old. I picked up wow. the bottle at 10 um, because that was that the was my coping alcohol? A bottle of alcohol at 10 years old yeah um that's where that's where shit get, start getting fucked okay and raw raw dog okay that's what i call it um because you know at the age of seven years old so let me let me base this at the age of seven years old i got sick um and i do want to i want to state this i got sick i have rotavirus um i was in the hospital for almost 45 days um they had they were mistreating me they thought i had the flu my kidneys were shutting down my liver was shutting down everything was shutting down um this is this is where this moment of spirit came in remember it probably already had been with me but this is the first recollection that i had um and i was changing i was changing at this time um when i went into the hospital um I remember waking up the next morning and I had tubes and all this other stuff next to me. The night before I was laying in my mom and dad's waterbed because, you know, they're fucking hippies and, you know, the, the warm ass waterbeds, you know, that's real cushy fucking on the waves. And uh, my grandmother, I remember my grandmother calling my mom and my dad and saying, hey, his eyes are rolling in the back of the head. You need to get, you need to get home now. And um, I don't remember much leading up, but I remember what, what, like I said, what, like waking up the next morning with these tubes in my body um, as a child and wondering what the fuck just happened, you know? And um, in this time frame of 45 days, mind you, Lion King had just came out. Lion King was my favorite movie. Of course, the Leo loves Lion King. Um, and that's all I ever watched. My mom, my mom got sick of it, you know, because that's all it was on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, you know. Um, and in this 45 days, I couldn't eat, even eat solid foods. I was throwing it up. Um, I remember that I had to go see therapy for almost five or six days just to, to learn how to walk again because my body was um, had gave out on itself. Um, and I remember waking up one night and telling my mom, mom, can you tell the little boy to leave me alone? And um, my mom's like, there's, there's no little boy in here. Well, he was just in here. He woke me up. Well, what's his name? Maybe I can tell the nurse. And I was like, his name's Dominic. So, you know, my mom pushes the call button and, you know, the nurse comes by and goes and tells, uh, you know, my mom and stuff like that. Um, In regards to this boy, Dominic bothering me while I was trying to sleep, my, the nurse goes and pulls my mom out of the room and tells my mom, now I don't know this until later on in life. My mom just told me to stop talking to the boy. 
Um, but my mom goes and she's like, you know, you know, when I was like 15 or 16 years old, she's like, you remember that little boy that used to bother you? She's like, cause this is the time frame, 15 and 16 is when I actually realized what I was a medium, you know, and, and someone who seems spirit. And, um, you know, I remember asking my mom about it and my mom's like, cause I had this memory that kept on flashing with this little boy. And my mom's like, well, she's like, you know, when I told you to stop talking to him because he wasn't there, you know, and she's like, and the nurse told me that he had died in the same room two weeks prior to you being admitted. Yes. And that was my first recollection. So whatever damage that, that this had done to me, because that's how I feel. I feel like I was led into this moment of, of this damage, this black hole that had sparked something in, right, for this, for this period. Um, and that is when I started going home afterwards and, and recognizing things that weren't there. My great grandmother that I had no idea who the fuck she was. And I, my dad is, I'm, this woman's here, dad, this woman's here. And I'd point to a crayon box, Crayola crayon. My, my grandmother's name is Crayola, but it was spelled differently. And my dad's like, how did you know that? There was just these sparks of interest of spirit that were just trying to come in and try to speak with me. I, here I am, gay. I know I'm gay at seven years old, you know, liking, wondering why I don't like the girl that everyone likes, but why the girl likes my best friend and I like my best friend and I'm jealous of her liking him. Well, and I didn't want to tell anybody about it. And then, you know, by the age of 10 years old is when I, when I picked up the bottle to cope with all of these things. Um, and it was just, a, I was called a weekend warrior. I would go over at the older people's house, 16 years old. You know, I was 10 years old, they were 16 and I go and I'd be drinking with them, going on the four wheelers, quads, going out and back, fucking staying up until six o'clock in the morning, having to go to school. Like this was, this was my life for a couple of years. And then, you know, um, smoking pot, you know, 15 years old, smoking pot, you know, got into it. Um, these were my coping mechanisms because I want it to be normal. I want it to be normal. I want it to be like everybody else or what I thought everyone else was doing at this point. You know, this little kid that grew up wanting to be different and wanting to, but because I heard things in my head about certain individuals, you know, the, the mother is cheating on the father or, or, you know, this, this one's, you know, stealing pills out of her mom's purse. And I would know all of this stuff growing up in school. I even went to my teacher one day this was in eighth grade. And I, and I said, she had been out for a week. We were told that she was sick. And I remember walking up to her at the end of class and saying, you know, um, are you okay? And she's like, why do you ask me, Danny? And um, I remember sitting there and saying, well, your husband's behind you. This woman started crying her eyes out. Her husband died in a car accident. And that's why she was out of class. It was too much for me. It was too much. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. And um, it was, it was rough. It was, it was really rough. I, um, sorry. No, no, I see you trancing out. Um, when you were talking, it made me think about something that I, I haven't really thought about, but growing up, I grew up and I always equated it to like being in a small town in the like the mountains and having nothing else to do. But it was so everything that you said about like, wake up, go drink with your friends, go party, go to school, go do whatever. That was my life growing up. And that was like, 
what you did, I would go and, you know, and I remember it starting at a really young age. I mean, I remember hanging out with older boys and older kids when I was in sixth grade and having sex in seventh grade. And you know what I mean? Like, and it it being so accelerated and it being totally like just what the normal thing is. And all the kids that didn't do that, I thought something was weird with them. Like, oh, you're the ones with like really weird home lives and your dad touches you and like, you're hella boring. And I don't want to hang out with those people. I want to go fucking hang out with people who want to hop fences and swim in pools naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those were the days. So I, I relate, I, I relate with that on the aspect of I've seen so many people around me that I grew up with, I have nothing to do with any of those people and they never grew and they stayed in the same spot. So I have this visualization of what can happen. And then I have this visualization of where you are now. And I can, I don't know. I just feel like I can like resonate with you and see like paths of your journey because I understand that trench that you came from. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like it was all darkness, you know, it wasn't all darkness. I had fucking fun. Fuck yeah, I didn't you did. give a fuck. Yeah. The drugs fucking gave me something confidence. The drugs gave me everything that I could fucking think of because mm-hmm. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I did not care, you know? Um, but it, it was, it was in all of this darkness, you know, like, you know, at the age of 13, you know, um, I was raped and it's because I was hanging out with 22, 23 year olds, and it was the first time that I ever had sex with somebody. And I remember being so intoxicated and feeling my pants, you know, be be pulled down. And here I am bent over a fucking quad being fucked by a 22 year old, you know, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I was, I was, I was a tiny thing back then, you know, um, and this, this grown ass man was just, he took advantage, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, that I think that's when all of, the pills began I think that's where the pills had began for me because then I went into opiates and then I went into heroin um because that I just knew that that this I had to snuff this out I couldn't feel this I didn't want to feel this anymore and um that's what kind of caused my because then you know probably by the age of 17 years old I was like oh fuck you know I tried to get off of it and I'm like here I am and I'm like I'm sick I, I had no other choice you know, um, so it, it, it progressed into this, into this, this fucking insidious disease that, you know, I have now because unfortunately that was my coping, you know, that was all my coping and all my growing up, you know, and, um, because I didn't want to listen to spirit. And I'm, I'm telling you, I was every single fucking time that I was told not to go somewhere that I wasn't, that I was told not to do something they were always in my fucking head. There was that gut feeling saying, fucking pulling me back. And you did it but anyways. I was like, fuck you, motherfuckers. I'm out. I'm out. Why are we the same person? <laughs> literally, literally. I was like, I was like, who the fuck? It's like me, my mom and my dad telling me fucking not to do something. You think I'm going to listen to you guys? You're the ones who fucking stuck me in this skin suit. Thank you very much. You know, like I, I even say today, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, when God went to go and fucking 
put that fucking, you know, bow and arrow fucking intuition in somebody. He's like, oh, fuck, we missed the wrong one. We fucking got the wrong. Because like all I knew growing up was drugs, was sex. You know, I ended up prostituting myself at an early age. 17 years old is when I started prostituting myself. You know, I'd go and fucking get a fake ID to go in bars to fucking sleep with these husbands for money because my drug addiction was so bad. Skipping school, you know, all of this other stuff. It was, it was this fucking turmoil and fucking shit that I caused in my life, you know? And, but, but like coming out of it, you know, 23 years old, 23 years old, I, I had a moment, um, just broke up with my first boyfriend. He, he ended up leaving. We were really bad on heroin. I took 25 bags of heroin, put it in a syringe, fucking stuck it in my arm and shot it up. I wanted to die. 25 bags. 25 bags of heroin. 25 bags. Listen, 10 bags were fucking. So you OD'd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But can I just tell you something? My fucking dumbass. My motherfucking dumbass. Okay. Thank you, spirit motherfuckers. Because guess what? I I thought I hit the vein. Nope, didn't hit the vein. Fucking popped my skin. Popped my skin. If I would have hit my vein, motherfucker, I would have been out and flying with the angels, okay? But because I didn't fucking hit the vein, here I am waking up in a hospital bed. What the fuck happened? What's going on? Where are we? What? My mom's crying over on my side. I'm ripping out IVs. I need to fucking go. You know, I, that's, that's what it was. That's what it was for me. You know, I tried, I, I tried many, many attempts of committing suicide, you know. Your poor mom, just, I'm a mom and just, I can, I just, I can't imagine seeing my child go through that. And, you know, because as a mom, right you've got and like sorry to go to like emotional places with you but like you're taking me in my feels um but as a mom I can only imagine your child not wanting to be here anymore and you being like but I love you but like how come I can't fix you and that's how I felt that's that that was me as a child it's like fuck you mom fuck you dad I was I was the same way um I I didn't have a relationship with my mom like an actual relationship with my mom until I was like 21. And that's because we had to have like a really big conversation of her. Like, I know I wasn't a good, like, I know that I, I didn't do the right things and I take accountability for things because parents like to do the, um, well, I was just doing my best. There is no, there is no guide to being a parent. And I fucking hate that excuse so much. And just the person taking accountability and being like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm really sorry. And I fucked up. I feel like that could have even been so, did you ever receive that? Because I feel like that would have been so big on your journey. If you had actually had that kind of raw conversation with your mom. If, if I did, it would have been different, but I denied it because I didn't want to feel any of it. I didn't. If it wasn't for that moment, so when I was, so 23 is when I tried to first commit suicide. It wasn't until I was 26 years old where I got locked up and that's where that raw conversation happened. If I would have had it earlier on in the days and told them what was really going on with me, because they had no fucking idea. They thought I was smoking pot. They thought I was drinking. That was it. Do you know what I mean? They just thought I, w- I was a team. Oh, troubles. so they, so this was like a blind side. This was like, you're doing hard. So did you get 
I don't know what like the legalities are when you overdose, but do you get arrested? No, 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 no. Thank God. No. Um, so like in New Jersey at the time, I, so when I overdose, um, it was, it was a friend that found me. So all this stuff was hidden anyway. So, and it's like, oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't. Yeah. So there was no legalities for it. Although they tried to go and they had me um, uh, put in a psych ward um, afterwards. I had went to the drug. So I, I ripped out my IVs like a motherfucker that I am. So I they're like the you're fucking dealers. crazy getting a bin. Yeah, 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 literally. And I, I went and I ripped them all out, went to the drug dealer's house. And then I had cops waiting at my house for me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I love your Wait, You get out and you so go to your drug cute. dealer's house? I went to my drug dealers. Yeah, I fucking ran out of the hospital. Like, I got my clothes out of the fucking closet and I went to my drug dealer's house to go get high again. That's just, that was my life. Like, <laughs> I don't want, like, wow. I don't want to talk. And I went to, back to my house like a fucking idiot and here the cops are. I was, I was locked in, like, for 72 hours in the psych ward because I had tried to commit suicide. It was, it was <laughs> evident. It was evident what I tried to do. Um, so th- that was the only legalities that I faced. When I was in New Jersey, I was so... My I have um, an uncle that was chief of police of the town that I lived in. Anytime that I was taken into fucking handcuffs, they would go and drive me to my house, like dad's house. They were like, here, just take him. It's fine. He's he's up at it again. Like he fucked up. Like we know you're gonna punish him. And my dad would be like, Are you fucking stupid? You know, and that that would be it, you know. So it was like it was this ongoing thing. I'd you know, have my, gotten in my, so my, much fucking trouble. Or, like I'd have done so much more shit if I had had the cops on my side man like i'd have fucked around hard oh yeah oh god i was a troublemaker i was i had a name in front of i feel like you got to live the life i wish i had lived as a child Rockstar, <laughs> you want to talk about Rockstar? Like I was like, yo, iconic. Like these bitches want they don't know what iconic is. Okay. Like I lived that life. Okay. And my dad, like my mom and dad, like, although like, yeah, the church he feel like I don't want to paint that image of them. My dad is fucking hell's angels. Like he was he was an he's an ex-biker. My mom is a fucking hippie from Kentucky. They both smoke pot all the fucking time. Like I don't give a fuck. Like they're they've painted this thing. But when growing up, they wanted us to date it into what my grandfather wanted to be oh i totally i i I totally picked up the vibe of what you were talking about i feel like i don't know i guess i had that image of your parents as you were talking so to me we already covered and established this because i already picked up on there was just that like i don't know i i just get you yeah it was just the strictness of my grandfather so it was that's where they had to go into it but they were the they were the cool parents that oh I rather you do it at home you know that way that you don't get in trouble you know it's literally mean girls all over again so I was like okay you know and all we all had the parties at my house thirty two acre farm did not give a fuck like me and my sisters like we were just we were fucking wild wild but it wasn't until I was twenty six to get back on track it wasn't until I was twenty six that I actually ended up in jail and um this was a really really bad time for me and i and i'm gonna refrain from crying because i knew that if something didn't happen because this is when fentanyl was coming out and i had already fell out because of fentanyl because i was shooting the shit up in my arm and um i knew in my heart because something told me that if if i didn't stop today i was gonna die tomorrow and I went and I went, and this is when I had transferred from city life, city boy, Jersey boy, to the sticks of Florida now. 
And um, I was parked in a sicko gas station. A cop had rolled up to go and gas up the car. Um, I had, you know, drugs in my center console. I had heroin, whatever the fuck it was, because it's not even clean anymore. You don't even know what the fuck you're getting. You know, like you, you think you're getting fucking heroin. No, you're getting fucking rat poison because that's just what they're fucking mixing it with. Um, but I ended up going and cooking it up in my spoon, putting it in the syringe, got out of my vehicle, went in front of the cop car and stuck the needle in my arm and shot it up right in front of the cop. And um, why? I, I guess that's a stupid question because like you're, you're just in the moment, but I just feel like that it sticks out to you in your mind for a reason. And like that was a symbolic moment for you. So I just wanted to go there. Yeah, no, 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 go there. I, it's just, it's, um, it's, it's very traumatic for me. And it was, it, it was a moment of my life that I will never forget. Um, but I, I did it because I, I needed to be put away. I needed to be put away. And um, the, the cop actually asked me why. Why did I do that? Meanwhile, this cop went inside, took out of his own money, bought me a pack of cigarettes, bought me a tall cup of coffee, told me to go get my phone out of my car, didn't search my vehicle. I had so much fucking drugs in it. They could have got me with everything else. You know, I mean, I probably could have even had a tent to sell, you know, on my record, but it was just, it was possession of, of uh, drugs. That was it and um took me over to the side of the building smoking cigarettes and we were having a conversation and he asked me why mind you this this cop i still talk to this cop today um because he he really did he saved my life um but i did it because if i if i didn't do it i was gonna die and i needed to be put away and this was the only way to do this I could have went into a rehab again, which I did countless number of times. It never helped me, but it was like, I need to go to jail. You need to put me behind bars. And um, they did, they did. And here I am, heroin, withdrawing in jail for 45 days. And um, on the 45th day, I had court, court and all this other stuff and I was waiting it out. Um, on the 45th day, I didn't have no court case coming up because they were still dealing with me and all this other stuff, what they were going to do, if I was going to serve time, what, what was going to happen. And I remember waking up that morning and this is, this is where they came back because I woke up that morning and I said, you know what, God, go fuck yourself because this is, this is all because of you. This is because of you. You did this to me. And I heard inside of me like it was almost like a thousand blaring trumpets. We needed you to get here so that you would listen. And I, and I still get chills, I do, I get chills from this because that was the first moment that I knew that I needed to stop blaming God. I needed to stop blaming source, whatever the fuck it is that you call it because I'm so open, I'm, I'm just open to whatever the fuck it is. If you believe it's God, Buddha, Mama Mary, Papa John, whatever the fuck it is to you. I heard this because I, I knew, I knew what I was at this moment and I knew that they needed me because this, is, this wasn't my life to live. It just isn't. Um, and I wished it was, like I wish that I had a life. Um, 
and I did, you know, I was granted it, you know, whatever the troubles that I had, but I knew at this moment that everything was going to be okay. Can I just tell you 6am that door fucking swung open. I had a magical court case and they offered me drug court and said, Hey, 18 month drug court. What are you going to do with it? I was like, take it out of here. I'm out. I'm out. And that was my first, that was my, that was my aha moment of, I'm sorry that I've been cussing you my whole life. It's like, it's like dad. It's like dad, you know, let's be real. It's like dad or mom, again, however you look at it. It's like your father is there for you and there for you and there for you. And, and you just want him to go away because you want to feel this pain that you've caused your whole life. And you just want it to stop, but he, he's, he stayed. They stayed. And then they go and they say to me, it's okay. We just need you to listen now. And, and since that moment moving forward, you know, I, I wasn't, I'm not perfect. I'm not fucking perfect. Eight years of, you know, recovery process, um, you know, in, in, in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous and, you know, trying to stay clean. My, my longest time um, clean was three and a half years um, until I had a domestic violence case, case, which was five, six months ago, not too long ago. And um, I tried to take my own life again. This was, again, six months ago. Put a gun to my head, pulled the trigger, and the gun jammed. Why are you doing this to me? Because I was clean, I was clean, I was clean. I had gotten raped and I had gotten beaten up by my ex-fiance and I was clean. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I remember getting in my truck and going to the spiritual place. And I remember sitting there and saying to God, why would you let this happen to me when I've been nothing but good to you? And I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear anything. I shut it off. So I went to the site and I went to go pull the trigger. And all I remember is hearing my mom, my grandmother, her voice said, Danny boy, stop. And when I went to go click, the gun jammed and I fell to the ground. I literally remember patting the ground just to see, oh my God, is this, is this it? Is this the other place? Is, is because I, I was, I was scared. I thought I had did it. And then I look at the gun and I see that the gun, it's half cocked still. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden the voices came back in and, and, and this feeling came back in. And it was almost like I felt like this black just fucking come off of me and said, you need to stop this. I had turned it off because again, I wanted to be normal because my relationships have not been good in this whole journey. They just haven't, they just won't be. Me being a medium, me being, me being what I am, I can read you like a fucking book and I don't even know you though. I, I go in these relationships with these toxic men and I feel like I can fix them, I can heal them. And then all of a sudden, the power of God, for whatever reason, because I want to be normal, I want to be in a normal relationship. I don't care if they're cheating on me, God. I don't care if they're doing this. I don't care if they're doing that. I want to be normal. I want to be in a normal relationship. I don't want to know this stuff. Because I'm in this, such a struggle with my spirituality and my humanness, I, I don't want this gift. I really don't. If I'm being honest with you, I don't fucking want this gift. 
But again, here's another moment in my life at the age of 32 where they're like, Danny, you have to, you just have to be brave. You have to be courageable. You have to stand up. We're going to give you all of this. I promise. I promise the right person's going to come in. You just have to pay to pay attention to us. And I'm like, well, fuck you, motherfuckers, because I've been paying attention to you guys for all fucking long. And here I am still, and I'm, I still haven't received the, the one thing that I yearn the most, and that's love. That's love. But. Do you oh, think God. that you have to find the love? Because the gifts, you keep on mentioning how the, like, you are these gifts. Like, these gifts are what your purpose here is, what there is but that you don't want it. And that comes across to me as like still needing to work on loving you and loving mm -hmm. all parts of you. And the, the person that you are, you're not going to fully be loved for who you are if you're not loving yourself for who you are because you won't show all of those parts. And because you'll go at it with fear and frustration and you know, that's what your partner is going to pick up on. And you have a person that's waiting for you. That's doing the same work on themselves. I guarantee you by end of 2023, you have your person and you both have gone on these crazy journeys and you figure out a way to incorporate that into content and other shit. I guarantee you, you can listen back on this podcast. I, appreciate I promise that. because you're you're very self-aware about things but also at the same time like you know I doubt you are writing a you're writing a book you are focusing on on your content that's a whole rebranding and a whole lot of work that you're going to be doing and relationships are also work even if it's your perfect person and right, right now you get to be selfish and you get to be like look at all this shit that I went through and I'm going to make a, a success and like really get to know yourself off of that. So fuck the energy of you don't want it, bitch, because there's so much to it for you. There is, there is. And I've had many, <laughs> many of mediums, you know, like Noelle herself telling me that, you know, you don't know, like, you don't know what you have. You have this gift and you've never yeah. been trained or certified or you've learned this yourself. How the fuck are you this good? I've had countless of people come in and say this, that, and the other. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. I just, I want a relationship. That's all I want. Yeah, I don't, yeah. and that's why I say that all the time. I don't want this, but, but here it is again and again and again. But five months ago, I was in a different place. I was at, I was at my lowest part of my life. Okay. Can I just tell you? And this is not to brag or anything else. That moment, that day that happened, woke me up. And whatever that black attachment was, I remember feeling it coming off of me. Whatever that black attachment was, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to be the fucking doormat no more. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell my little child inside of me, it's okay to come out. I'm putting my foot down. This is my villain era because I'm not gonna be fucking pushed around and told what to do and that and the other. And guess what? Now I've created this whole fucking life for me where I'm paying my parents' bills now. I'm, I'm making enough where I can go and buy a fucking house if I want to now. This is, I've never been in this position in my life, but it's because of that moment that I had clarity that day where I tried to take my own life again. And here it's like reward. 
it wasn't easy to gain it. I had to go and I had to work for it because just like you said, it's rebranding yourself. I had, I had to let go of this instinct that I needed, that I, I had to be in love and all this other stuff. Can I just tell you, I have love all around me. We, we, we barely, we're sitting here talking to each other. We love each other. There's an emanation of love. There's this energy of love, of connection. I don't need a fucking man to fuck feel that. I can go over to my best friends and realize now, because I was this selfish person that I needed this, because this is what, again, society deems me to, to be. 32 years old, you're supposed to have a white picket fence. You're supposed to have a dog, a family, da 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 This is what I was brought up on. So it's like, again, this structure fucked me up. Yeah. And it's and it's like, no, motherfucker, this is my villain error. And guess what? I'm gonna do it myself and I can do bad all by myself too. And that's that's where it's it's came because now it's like, no, I'm not gonna let and and unfortunately, and I love my parents to death, but sometimes they do try to step on my feet. I have to set boundaries. I have to set boundaries with everybody. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. And the reason why I do it now is because I protect myself. Because now Danny is finding out that Danny can love Danny. Danny has love. Danny doesn't need love, but I can gain it myself. And that's that's where this this moment has came. How is it any different from all my other relapses? Because I know I'm going to get a lot of questions from all my friends that are in the rooms are Narcotics Anonymous. And la, 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 la. Like, okay, that's great. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen in fucking 10 years from now. Maybe I'll be back in the same place. Who fucking knows? But can I just tell you, this is the greatest that I ever felt in my fucking life greatest because I've accepted everything. I've accepted spirit. I've accepted myself. And I've, I've learned that I can no longer be selfish in this body. This gift has turned me into what I am. And yeah, there's moments of fatigue and depression and all this other stuff, but I'm not fucking perfect. I don't want to claim to be perfect. I want to be my own perfect. You know, I want to be my perfect, but that's, that's it. That's all. And that's what I'm going to strive for every fucking day, because that's, that's what I'm that's what I was fucking growing up, what I was trying to do, this rebellious side of me of showing society you don't have to be this fucking character that everybody wants you to be. Be who the fuck you want to be. If you want to go wear high heels and a fucking lace skirt and you got fucking, fucking hair all over your body, then guess what? Go fucking do it, okay? Make the peace. Make the stop. Show people that you're fucking proud of who you want to be because that is the one who's going to get by. The people that that all want to fucking sit there in church and fucking judge everybody motherfucker knows you you guys are going to fucking sit there and sit okay while the other people who are creating spirituality nowadays are the ones who are going to be the ones who are going to be stepping up and who are going to be running the church one day and i and i firmly fucking believe that so you know it's just i now it's like my base opinion is like i fucking matter what my thoughts in my head fucking matter and i don't give a fuck anymore i have no filter you know, that, I think that's where the great, I think that's where this, this great creation has, has shown. Trials and tribulations, you know, this is the trials and tribulations of our lives, you know, not just my, my life, but your life too, you know, we have to stand out as people, you know, listen, I, I don't think I would be talking to you if you had fucking brown hair, okay? I'm glad you have fucking You know hair. what's fucking funny about this, friend? So I don't know if you listened to the episode that I dropped yesterday. I did a like a solo just kind of catching up on my shit. But I said, when I colored my fucking hair, my, that I feel like my everything made sense and like my path made sense and I was showing up as who I was. And 
I can't imagine not having this hair anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's your personality. It's your fucking yeah. personality. People call me a fucking pinhead. You know what I got to say to them? Fuck you, motherfuckers, because at the end of the night, I care about what I fucking like and not what you like. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. You know, the slash and the eyebrow. Who gives a fuck? It's a part of my characteristic. It makes me feel like a badass motherfucker. It makes me feel like I can go on video and I can say, fuck y'all. This is me. If you don't like it, there's a door. Let it hit you in the ass on the way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a question for you that has absolutely nothing to do with spirituality Let's and you do can call it. me to fuck right off. Um, but what is, because uh, you said that you, or did you, you said that you didn't have to go to jail because you just did your, uh, the psych ward? Correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. then never mind. I was going to ask you what jail was like when you're gay. Oh, honey. well, no, no, no. I went to jail. I ended up going to jail when I ended up shooting in my arm. Okay. I thought in it was like 45 days. Oh, yeah, it was. It was 45 days in jail. Hey, oh, I God. was listening. Listen, <laughs> listen, can we talk about jail love for a second? Yes, please. Can we talk about jail love for a second? Listen, I had this Irish boy, okay? Ooh, finer than a motherfucker, okay? Looking all Scottish, okay? Coming up to me every single day asking me how I was doing and all this other stuff. Listen, jail was jail is its own environment. It's its own world, okay? And Polk County, by the way, is disgusting like i literally had a pet rat that i would feed crumbs to that came up to me in my bed okay that's how bad that place is okay um living in a cell with three men that you you watch each other shit okay all the time we literally <laughs> like curtains okay fucking up on us while other men are taking shit like you hear one like i would be the bottom bunk you hear my fucking top bunkie fucking beating off like fucking like can you calm down train i can you like you know but um jail life was like it was different because like i that's where i found meditation too by the way if if you really want to get into Not it uh, yeah because i had to go and i had to find peace within myself because i was going through fucking a train of emotions but this this one kid okay and his, his name was his name was ben and we he was in the cell next to me and stuff like this and we would always meet up and walk around and talk to each other and stuff like that and mm -hmm. then you were uh, sucking dick weren't you <laughs> i'm not saying that we took showers together but i'm saying that we took showers together okay and you have to wear shower best. shoes um i mean yeah but i'm, see, I'm trying I'm so to paint nasty. the mental so, image of like shower shoes. you're supposed to yeah i mean you're supposed to but i was so white trash in trailer park like i didn't give a fuck and i'm sure i was walking on jizz but it's like i've had so much jizz on my body it was like okay like it doesn't even fucking matter anymore like i mean come on my feet is nothing i've had come in my eye like for real <laughs> You Fuck, know, I, I, I love this so much. I never want to stop talking to you. <laughs> oh, girl, you think this is. <laughs> um, so it's like I, I had met him in jail and he was the first time that I actually had feelings for somebody being clean because I hadn't experienced that in such a long time. So, of course, I was like, I love you. You're my daddy now. And he was this built motherfucker with a huge cock. Oh, my God. It was great. Um, so we ended up going and ended up transferring into the same room together because everybody knew that we had this like thug fucking, you know, jail life love like and stuff like that. And when I was taken out of jail, um, 
I wish we continued it, but he was going to prison. He was thrown away for five years because he he did some fuck shit. <laughs> I wrote him. I wrote him for like a year and stuff like that. He was a good fucking jail, but after that, it was kind of like, okay, now I got to really focus on what it is to be me and stuff like that. But it was fucking phenomenal. I being gay and in jail. Listen, you'll hear some horror stories like you're gonna get raped or something like this. Like, bitch. I, I never seen it, okay? Yeah, like, there would be dudes that came up to me and want to be like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, like, fucking holding their cock and fucking wiggling around. Like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Like, I ain't fucking doing that shit. Like, I don't know who the fuck you think I am, but no, all right? I had, I had my, I had my, my Eminem thug up in jail, so I was already claimed, bitch. <laughs> okay, I have things to say. So, one thing is when you were talking about sleeping with him and he had a big old cock, it made me think of, um, have you seen Get Hard? with will ferrell and kevin hart yeah when he's when he's teaching him how to shank and will ferrell goes you just do a reverse inhale <laughs> that's what that made me think of and then uh because i was just thinking of having to shove something huge up your ass and then um i've always had questions about being gay in jail or prison because of i love you philip morris Yes, yes. And I've always been like, I just need to know if this I is real know, life. It is, it is. It literally is. Listen, there was uh, there was a couple of gay guys in my pod. I was in the J pod and 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 all of us like, well, you know, there was, you know, of course there were the prostitutes. I was a prostitute too, but I I was a very classy prostitute. I had an escort service. What do you so... prostitute for in jail, Top Ramen? I <laughs> <laughs> You literally, it's a rack of cookies. That's what you prostitute yourself for and coffee, bitch, okay? So it's not- Oh, dude, I would be dunking those bitches so slow, enjoying it. Oh man, I'd be icing my butthole, but I would be- (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listen, if you suck some dick for coffee, you knew you were good, okay? Listen, I'm just saying- You got the rack of cookies. You were mediocre. But if you got that coffee at the end of the day, bitch, you got a mouth on you. People suck uh, dick for less, my friend. I'm telling you, listen. People I know suck I dick did. because someone tells them it's a good idea and then they suck an unwashed dick. Literally, literally, literally. But of course, I always I always considered myself the classy hoe, you know? Um, but it just, it's, it's funny because it just, it became this like whole lifestyle of, you know, um, um, being that person and being inevitable, but you know, I'm not going to say that it was, it was bad all the time. Like it was sad at moments, but I had fucking fun. Like I was a go-go boy. Like when I was fucking 18 years old, What's I did a go-go boy, for, a go-go boy, like a, a little dancer oh, up go-go. on the, the club it. stages. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was the go-go boy. Um, I, I, I did porn from 19 to 23. Like it was some fun shit. I mean, of course, like I was like, I, I had my like ins and outs, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, it just ended up being depressing. Like I was just destroying my soul anyway. So, but I had fun doing it. Like I have experience that like I can fucking have like a whole rap sheet when I go to fucking fill out for uh, a job now, because it's like, oh, you have experience in, wait, what? Oh, oh, you were, you were, you were in dance? Well, I mean, I was in an exotic dance, but oh, 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 you have really good oral skills? Bitch, yeah, I do. (laughs) Shut up, I'm over here writing a whole resume off of this shit. I love it. What is what is something that you would want people to know about you from listening to this episode if they could know one thing about you? Oh God, I'm a fucking crazy mess. But uh, 
if if I could tell them one thing about me, I'm organized chaos. And that is something that I strive to be because I don't want to be the structuralized person. I do want to be chaotic, but I want to be so organized at it that you you see this mess, but it's this beautiful mess that, that has been created, you know, out of darkness. You know, um, that's what I want people to see, you know, like I want to I want to say, hey, it's OK to be fucking raped and talk about it. It's OK to. Um, go and try to fucking off yourself three or four times and, and not be successful at it and, and understand that you're loved, you know, um, even though that you might not think that you are, change your fucking perception. Stop looking at things uh, like with the glass half empty, start looking at them with the glass half full, you know, because that that is my message. It's not over. It doesn't have to be over, you know, just because of what society or what others think about you. You know, that, that is my message, you know, and if, guess what, if you have voices in your head, well, good, talk to them, because they might fucking tell you to do something great with yourself, you know, it's okay, you know, don't be shut out just because of what man wants you to think, you know, and, and when I man, mean man, I mean humankind. You know, they were structuralized. Don't be the fucking structure because that structure is going to be falling apart very soon. Okay. Yep. And we, we are going to be the only ones that are left to go and pick up that rubble. So um, I, I just, I commend everybody, you know, and if nobody told you today that you're fucking worth it, that you were loved, that you are thought and cared about, you are because you're fucking phenomenal and you're amazing. And no matter how hard it gets, you can get through it. You know, that's, that's my message. That's, that's, that's my deal. You know, let life be what life is, you know, don't make it be easy on yourself. Put down the fucking baseball bat, pick up the feather, you know, be easy on yourself. Stop being the harshest critic on yourself, you know, and if you are struggling, if you, there's programs, there's, there's, there's people, there's numbers, to go in and get this fucking insidious thing that is, is growing up inside of us. There's there's outlets. TikTok, fucking express yourself on TikTok. Express yourself on Facebook. Fucking pick up the phone, call somebody, talk to somebody about it because you're not alone. You're not yeah. alone, you know? So. Oh, so beautiful, motivational speaker at the end. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'd actually love to talk to you about doing something separate that we put just on Patreon because I feel like there's so much behind the scenes conversation that we could just be going off about and be exchanging stories and stuff for Patreon. So we should absolutely record that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's in itself because there's so much I've like, I've experienced so much in life. Right. And all of this stuff and all of these beginnings, I love your bowl, by the way, I think I said it to you. I don't think you heard it. I fucking Oh my love gosh. Thank you. Her name is Davina. It's gorgeous. Like the fucking sugar skulls, the fucking like, listen, the craw, like I fucking, everything. My husband it. got it for me for Valentine's day. So like skulls are like my thing. And so he got it for me yes. for Valentine's Day and um, a couple of years ago. And yeah, her name's Davina and I'm obsessed. It's so, she's so pretty. She is so gorgeous. Um, <laughs> and that's even like with me, like, I don't, I don't mind, you know, like people who use a substance, like weed is so like legalized nowadays. It's like, 
please, you know, like anybody that talks in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous are like, oh, it's a substance, it's a mind altering fucking, I'm like, dude, if the doctor prescribes it, what is it any of your fucking business? Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there are people out there with anxiety and panic attacks. I rather fucking smoke weed to get rid of that than fucking go and take something that's made out of pharmaceuticals. You know what I mean? Like, because this is, this is a gift from God. You know what I mean? My parents smoke pot all the time. My mom's, um, you know, uh, one leg, you know, I call her one leg Frank sometimes, but she has one leg, you know, she just, you know, lost it last year. Weed is the only thing that fucking sedates her from having all these panic attacks because she can't live the life that she wanted to anymore. So yeah. it's like, why the fuck are you going to sit there and judge on it? I'm like, no, that's why I told you, I was like, fucking please smoke your weed. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to say, just so like people watching this video, I'm not like a complete douchebag. I asked and was like, Hey, I know that like you've done recovery. Is it okay from smoking weed? And he was like, absolutely. So I did ask. It's none of my business, okay? Oh my God, I, okay. Well, but we can't go yet because I told you that I was going to tell you about this reading I did. Please, yes, yes, yes. Bitch, okay. I don't want, I can't give every single detail because like, I'm not going to like dog a client out like that or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I, okay, so first of all, this person booked a reading with me and then immediately emailed me and asked me to like change the time of the reading and ask for an earlier appointment. And I was like, okay. And so did that, whatever, just the energy of the email immediately, like, you know, when you just know right yeah. off the bat, I was just kind of like, eh, this energy sits a little weird in my spirit, but like, it, it'll be what it'll be. And, um, then they'd emailed a couple of times before their appointment too. And, so we sit down to do the appointment and they were an energy void, completely blank, completely like to the point of like, why did you pay me money to come and do this appointment? And, you know, I'm sitting here like they have specific people that they want to talk to. Only two people stepped forward. We're over. I'm um, like giving like evidence of how they passed away and like you know things that were done after they passed away and all this stuff and the answers are yes no doesn't I I don't know doesn't relate and it was just this blank person and I've never experienced that before in my life and it's something that like I just had to make a video on TikTok right before we recorded this and I was like for people that are like just starting to read, like you meet different kind of clients and like, don't let it be a reflection on you because yeah. it has nothing to do with like your gift or what you're able to do. But there are people who literally just give off nothing. It's listen, I've had many, many of them. And I like poke, when we talk about poker face and spiritual like that's the poker face okay because you're literally like you're you're sitting there on video whatever it is and you're giving these readings and then it's like can you fucking show me something and it's like yeah like a voice link just I I didn't I've never I've never read somebody that did that before and it took me like some minutes I told my husband I'm like I just can't process what that was because I've never experienced and it didn't make me doubt myself because I know what I fucking said was right but I'm just like I how do you go through life and like you know and a naysayer like everything that like the cards say to do I can't do that because if they do speak (laughs) 
No, completely. So can I ask you a question? Did you tap into their to their youth at all? To their what? To their youth, like to the past? Nope. Um, well, no, because they specifically were wanting to just have these people come through for them. And like that oh, was God. their focus was this. And I'm so up. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, but what I ended up doing was I ended up I transitioned and I was like, I'm going to do, we're going to do cards because I'm going to like, you know, warm up this energy. It didn't warm up shit, but that's when we really got into like, you know, I got into like specifics of what's going to like, what you're looking forward to, whatever. It was just fucking weird. And I didn't like it. And I, I just don't ever want somebody who is just starting to read to have an experience like that and be like, Oh fuck, this is what it's like to use my gift because no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. So I'm going to tell you this. It's probably going to be one of the best readings that you've ever gave to somebody. Okay, because that's what I had to learn. I'm telling you, like, believe it or not, you would sit there. And I did countless and numbers of times because I ran into these spiritual blockages. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? What are these people? Like, are they even fucking yeah. human? Like, what what's going on here? Why is this not resonating? Or what, why, does, why do I not feel like this is resonating? And then all of a sudden, it's like... <laughs> I would get a phone call from a year, a year or something later from them. And then all of a sudden they're like, you have no idea how much you changed my life because we, it becomes spot on. Okay. And because they're this spiritual blockage. So now when I go into a reading and I feel that spiritual blockage, I switch it all the fuck up. Okay. You wanted me, you wanted to pay me for a service, but guess what? We gonna talk about your childhood. Let's, let's talk about how mom and dad structuralized you. And let's, let's, let's pull you out. Let's show a little emotions about this. And that's how I break them. Okay. And I do it purposely. It's like, oh, well, okay. I want to, I want to contact aunt Kate and da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden it's like, something's not connecting. I'm like, you know what, bitch? I'm like, I'm not doing this no more. I go and I turn it around. I go psychically. Right, yep, you switch up the read and you're like, I was going to go into it like that. And you know what's funny is people never know the way that you read and like your reading style. And I feel like people get so caught up in like, but I'm switching up my flow. But your client knows not a fucking thing. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And it's like, holy fuck, like, what did I just walk into? That's why I'm like, you know what? And anytime, like I said, anytime that I see it, I switch it the fuck up. And guess what? We're going to talk about your past because I'm going to break you, show some emotions, and that way I can get that connection heavy. So, because then I get confident in mine telling you, okay, well, dad mistreated you or your mom, you were vying for your mother's attention and da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, when they start getting that bottled emotion, I'm like, there it is. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then we'll go into the reading of if she wants to contact Aunt Kate or not. Do you know what I mean? At that point, because I just leave it up to that. Well, every time that I go into my readings, I always say, you know, hey, um, you know, okay, we're going to do this, you know, because you make what me you want, want a reading from you so bad. I'm, I'm a savage. Yeah. Okay. I want um, it. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's sometimes heavy. It's sometimes really heavy. I, um, but I go into it and I go into the, like in, into a situation like that. And I'm like, Hey, you know, if, if I can't, if I can't break them because they're coming to me for spiritual healing. Right. So, and that's what they do with us. You know, they want, they want that gift. 
And when you go and you you find out, okay, well, this is what they want. That's why I always open it up to say, oh, hey, by the way, anything can happen. Hold on. Okay. Be- because I'm going to go into the deepest, darkest places and I'm going to let you know what the fuck is going on with you. Because if you are a spiritual blockage and something's not right, you need to talk about it. Um, and that's where the spiritual therapy happens. It's like, it becomes like from this one thing where I just want to contact this person. No, bitch, there's something, there's some, something much greater than this. Let's, let's talk about this what happened with you you know um yeah it's just it's absolutely amazing um you're in noelle's classes aren't you are you yeah so i've been doing i've i've been doing mediumship and i've taken other courses but i really love noelle and i really love her teaching style and she does a kind of mediumship that just isn't shown and taught and popularized and and there's not a lot of people who really teach courses like her. Yeah. Um, like her. And what I, you know, what I, what I loved, and this is what I, this is what I'll say about Noelle's classes. I'm chain smoking. Do it. Fine. Noelle's classes are great for people who are already using the gifts and who are just learning to, or not even just learning, but who are strengthening them in a different way. So if you've never used that gift and you're not comfortable and confident, Noelle's classes are not for you because right off the bat, when you start a class, it is, um, you know, we meditate when we open, we talk about whatever we talked about the week before, but then you are having 30 to 45 minutes of sitting there in an open circle direct reading people in your class and you know the first day noelle was really she wasn't you know calling on anybody or anything like that but you know come a couple lessons in she's like you know gemini i see you sitting on that gabe you're sitting on that and she's calling people out and she's like i can see what you're sitting on let's go so then you're sitting there like well fuck dude because you know and and you've got these other people and it's a really like it's just so fucking dope and it's awesome to walk away every week and be like oh I learned how to use that a different way or you know even just I feel like for me what the reason that I like kind of getting readings from people that I vibe with because I'm really picky about who I get readings from but if I completely if I vibe with you I want one because everybody has a different reading style and a different way that they connect with spirit and a different meaning that a card means for them because, you know, they remembered this card because of a certain memory or whatever. And I find it fascinating and I just want to like absorb everybody, hence the podcast. So Noelle's class, she just, the way that she does mediumship, I'm, I just, am like, I'm a sponge and I just want to like fucking soak up everything that she's doing. Yeah, yeah, and soak up everything out everybody else is doing too. Why yeah. don't we set up? Why don't we set up? We can do like a um, we'll do like a Zoom like this, and we'll record it. How about we do like, and then if you want to use it for your podcast, you can. Dude, you're reading my fucking mind. I was just about to say, well, do you want to when we end this, you want to like do a reading for Patreon and like put it on Patreon? Why don't Why don't we do that and we'll read each other and stuff like that and kind of give off and stuff. I just need to. I need to meditate and I need to get in the zone before I do it. So, cause normally oh, yeah. when it's, yeah, normally like once in, once it's in the base, I have to go and I have to get in that zone to go and kind of like, okay, spirits come around and all the stuff. I got to connect with my guys. I have this whole fucking thing. Um, cause I was never structured with this. I was never, you know, I was we'll never, yeah. we'll raise the hype on your podcast episode and we'll 
drop the Patreon, we'll drop the video of the reading to Patreon. And then I'll make advertisements about it and we can talk about it on TikTok. And that way everybody's already ready for your fucking episode because they see you do a reading. Okay. Yeah. If you want to do that. Yeah. Let's do it. I love it. I love that. Yeah. It's because it's, it's because it's an exchange, right? Um, yeah. And then that a way that we can go and we can at least bring it up and there's a marketing aspect to it as well, too. So I, that's why I enjoy it. I'm a Leah. So it's like I try to do whatever I can for the public, you know, to like, oh, what's going on? What's, what is this? I mean, I'll even start fucking fighting with my friends on fucking TikTok just to make fucking publicity. Um, but they know like, oh, hey, by the way, it's, you know, this is just a joke. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally, totally, I would totally be down for that. Um, that a way that you kind of get a feel, you know, because I, I feel nervous too. I'm stepping foot into Noelle's class, mediumship too. And I'm like, is like- No, don't, do not, don't be nervous. I can say that, um, like I made it, I guess like it's intense anytime that like you're using your gifts on other people who are also using, you know what I mean? Um, but it's such a comforting and welcoming place and the energy in there, like everybody's just open to receiving messages that are coming and learning this new stuff. And everybody feels the exact same way. And it totally is like a welcoming space. And like, you fucking, you're going to be great in that class. I already told Noel that I was so excited. You're going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too. Cause I need structure. That's what I need. I need structure. I know, I know this gift. I know, I don't know where the fuck it came from. I'm not going to question that anymore, but it's like, I need to know how to use this because I was never, I never had any of this. I, you know, I, I was always the person that I never connected with anybody because it's like, nobody had this thing that I have and why am I so focused on this and that and that, and how can I come when I have no training, I've always questioned myself, like, how the fuck did this happen to me? You know, and that's where it's like, I never wanted this because I didn't. It's like, it just fucking was here. You know, I was born with this thing. And it's like, so it's like, now that I'm taking Noel's class, it's like, now I want to, I want to find out, like, am I right? Am I doing things right? Am I, am I, you know, cause I, I don't know. I can go off from, you know, watching videos and, and movies of, you know, mediums and psychics or ghost adventures or whatever and seeing these people do these things. But it's like, is that correct? I don't know. You that's know? not even, I, that's, I feel like that's not even accurate. I don't like, think so either. Those, yeah. those shows and things like that. I'm, I'm excited by the way, like have zero nerves about reading me because like, I'm totally open to the exchange and like, I wouldn't get a reading from you if I wasn't. So like, put you know put that down like I'm not like gonna be weird about it or anything and like this is a totally like safe space with me no 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 no. completely completely no I no and I I can feel that I can sense that I mean even I mean it's like it's like when you go and see through and kind of like take some sort of judgment about um, a person you can you can feel their energy you're anytime that I'm talking to a medium I can always feel it from here right like you always feel it from here when you're talking to somebody from spiritual you can always feel it from here <sighs> okay so so let me let me just say this real quick and I do want to set up for this I want to because I want to focus I want to 
I want to do a reading with you. I want to record it, but I want to get prepared for it. Um, but do you have an older gentleman that has passed away that was very close to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he is around you. Okay. And for some reason, I keep on getting glasses. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is a grandfather archetype. Okay. Um, that was probably very, very close with you. It almost reminds me of my poppy that had passed away when it comes to like these kind of like layered shirts, very buttons, very kind of proper, you know, like, but then he would have a couple buttons undone and you would see that white t-shirt kind of so showing through. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just letting you know that he is here, but I want to get prepared before I go and I just, I go off the bat. Yeah, Does that for make sure. Sense? Mm-hmm. So, but, but understand that he's around, okay? Every, since I've been talking to you, he's just popped in, he's popped in, he's popped in, he's popped in, and he won't leave me alone. So obviously there's a message for him. I think you need to That's start That's so funny. My, the wall in here just like creaked, like somebody like pushed on the wall when you said that. Did it? I think it's more or less that you need to keep your head up okay and I think your grandfather kind of the grandfather figure comes in and when he says that I think it's more or less that you have to be a little bit more proud of yourself from where you have been to where you are now because you're not the same person anymore you're just not okay um and I I feel that because it's it's very sympathetic of how he comes in and how he's kind of like pulling me you know it's like my heart strings are being pulled you know and it's like you are cared for you are loved whatever it is that you're going through on the outside all of that shit doesn't matter you just need to focus on what's going on here okay put all that energy back in there okay husband friends whatever the fuck it is that's bothering you or fucking getting you unbalanced don't let it fucking bother you because your grandfather's here to say stand up for yourself put your foot down and speak up you know, I don't think you have a problem with it, but I think it's more or less. I don't know. I just, I want to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to be loved. But it's like you want this building relationship or this love in what you believe or what you've been structuralized for it to be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you having issues with your husband right now? What the fuck is that? What is it? I swear to God right now. Listen. What was it? I don't know. It just, it just sounds like things are moving. I'm like, please stop. Um, I would definitely say that like changing communication styles is something that we're working really, really hard on right now. Um, we're you don't very... have to be so angry. Yeah. That's what I work on. We're both, we're both very, um, very sharp and direct and we, and very honest and we love that about each other, but it's to the point sometimes of like, like, it's not like not arguments or yelling or things like that, but it's just like having sharp reactions to things or a sharp tone to things that don't even need it. And then, you know, you get your feelings hurt. Cause you're like, well, why are you talking like that? I was just asking a question. So we're working on that. And then you want to point the finger when you should be pointing the finger back at you. Hey, we're not supposed to be doing the reading yet. 
She's like, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Let me go you get my You told me we were going to be grounding at that I thought first. so. Fuck. I know. It just had happened. Your grandfather has been there the entire time. And I can't I, okay, stop so it. What I want to find out when we do our reading, because the grandfather's popped up, um, not just for you, but like when I was doing class two. And I can't figure out which of the two it is. Moms. And your mother's it's your mother's side it's mama's side okay you're right i don't i don't know we'll 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 talk okay. when we do the reading there's probably something there i oh. i'm sure i'm i'm so sure like like you're hitting stuff like you're hitting everything i just um I want to be like in the space to like openly receive without, you know how, like when, when you're just not ready and you're not grounded, you get like anxiety about spirit. They're not the same. They're not the yeah. same. Okay. Yeah. I just want you to know that they're not the same anymore. So when they cross over for my beliefs, you know, I don't know what Noel teaches yet, but for my beliefs, they have to go through a forgiveness process. And the yes. reason why the reason why that they come back is because they have it's like hey I'm here I'm ready I'm sorry so so we'll we'll get we'll get let's get you in a safe space let's clear this out Grandpa thank you for coming let's save the message for a later date and then once you once we allow you back in then we'll we'll go for it we'll go for it you're welcome so it'll it'll be it'll be at that process it comes in it comes out if i go and if i like okay you know like yeah okay now he wants to talk okay that's great like it's just, i try to push it away that's why this is how this is it's been difficult like this my whole life because i can't have a normal interaction with somebody without saying oh hey by the way this is you know this no is but that. i i love that though and i love having there's something so beautiful about the friendships of intuitive people and psychics and mediums, whatever, spiritual people, is the fact that we do have this ability to see through each other and to have really like in-depth, vulnerable friendships. And I value that. That's not something that is very common. It's not something that like I have with very many people, but I feel like the deepest friend and solid friendships are those ones where we have that ability to see everything about it and call it out for each other yeah it's so what so this is how I view it this is how I taught myself especially when you're going and you're talking to another spiritual person right is is you push at them you push their skin back and all that is left is is that they're naked with their spirit so and then it's like once you get that and you hold that there then it's it's where you can see all those dark spots and that's that's how i that's how i i've wrote books about it you know and stuff like that but that's how i trained myself that's even when i told noel when we were having our consultation whatever the fuck it was i was like are you sure i'm right for this you know and she's like i think you're going to be amazing because i think that there's going to be some stuff that you can teach other people within this and she's like she's like because my teachings are going to go but at the end of the day you guys are going to do what you guys want to want to do and that's yeah. what she says which i think is so fucking and that's what's going to be so cool about the class for you is that and she doesn't by the way she doesn't teach us like um there isn't a teaching of 
like basics where, you know, exactly what's going to happen right after the passing and things like that. Like that's in the text, like, cause we use, the Buckland, I actually really yeah. love this book, but the spirit, um, guide to, or book of communications. Um, and it has like a little, you know, stuff to read in there, but her class, you bring your own reading style and your own mediumship and you correlate it with this direct, which is like you did with describing the ethereal body and then um, giving a message. And so you bring your own reading style to that. And she is like, you know, I'm teaching you this like fundamental thing, but this is you and like use your personality. And so the bigger your personality with it, like you go, I'm so excited. You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle it okay so yeah so yeah so we'll we'll get prepared for it and stuff like that I'll, I'll bring the box of tissues and um you know I think it'll be good you know um because I think you know when it comes to these things you know there's obvious reasons to why you know and there's always that answer that kind of comes out why now you know what I mm -hmm. mean but it's like maybe maybe that'll talk to you in regards to why you're so angry with your husband sometimes i think i'm just an ang i i i'm an angry i'm an aggressive i wouldn't say angry i'm an aggressive person in general if you want to control and, your own life yeah yeah and my husband is the person who loves me regardless and that's my safe space where like i let down my my guard and when I am completely myself and my guard is there, I just am like safe to be short tempered. And, you know, I don't know. What's your husband's sign? He's an Aries and I'm a Gemini. Geminis are good. I love Geminis. I get along with Geminis. But my Fucking. husband is also a Gemini rising. And like, we just... <laughs> <laughs> so it's just two you know intense personalities and in different ways and we're also very business and goal oriented to the point of like that's where we focus is like you know building what we're what we have going and like building a structure for our family yeah. and sometimes that can take away from like you getting like time with each other you know it does. It does. Especially with us already. It's like, yeah. so is your husband, is your husband spiritual? So my husband was raised pagan. Okay. Um, actually he was raised like they were Jehovah's witness and then they were Christian and then they were pagan and nobody talks about anything except the pagan. And so my husband's had like really intense spiritual experiences. And I remember like, because I've been, you know, we've been together for almost nine years oh, so yeah congratulations so, thank you round of applause um, all around thank you how old are and you so you know we've both evolved as people in like the best way but also like i'm totally different with my spirituality than i was when we first met and i remember like doing circles or whatever and he would be like you're doing that circle wrong and i like me over here like i will fucking cut you in half like i and I just, yeah. And so there's stuff like that where like, yeah. 
And so over the years, we've evolved on our communication, but we still have that like tit for tat with each other. And like, I, I would think be like, it's bitch, fucking... can you see father time, motherfucker? Because I, yeah, but I think it's so hot. Like, I think it's so sexy when like you like talk back to me or put me in my place. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah, dude, because like people don't usually do that in the real world. No. And so I'm like, damn, dude, can you pull my hair and smack me around? Daddy, <laughs> Daddy choke me out, make me shut up. Um, oh. So like, that's a problem too, is that like, you know, it's, it's really fucking hot. And so you just want it to keep happening. <laughs> I think that's why I go at toxic men because it's like, I want to be, contr- I want someone to fucking overpower me. Right. It's, it's, it's this medium aspect where we think we're the fucking Holy Lord itself. And it's like, we, we do this all the time. And it's like, when you, you, when you run into somebody who's fucking toxic as fuck and is, is controlling, it's like, yes, you don't need more. toxic. Fucking... You need dominant. I need you dominance. Need a, I know. You need dominant because you need a person who's going to be respectful of you in public and like respect you, but then disrespect in that fucking uh, every form okay people listening yeah. to this episode this is a different episode than i've ever done on this podcast and people listening to this i just i i love it zero filter i have zero filter so it's zero like I, you and everybody i will say whatever i tell my parents all the time i was like i just need to fucking get bent over and fucking slapped in the ass a couple of times and my mom's like oh good lord oh my god i'm like mom really like you were raised around this entire fucking life like i don't even want to hear it okay i'll redo this the yeah so you know but it's like it, it's it becomes that that thing but i haven't found that dominating person where the love is respected right the love is respected and it's equal between two i've always ran into these individuals that are that are needing my help more than you know they they're trying to build me up if that makes sense so yeah. and i'm th- i'm third you know i've been in relationships you know with guys since i was 23 i did the whole female aspect when i was younger you know even though i knew i was gay at, at that age i always went to females first because that's what my father wanted you know, so, and it's like, I kept on doing it. I kept on having sex with them. I could get hard. You know, I'm not one of those gay guys that haven't experienced it before I had. It's just, I could never fucking give myself to, to the female for some reason. Whereas when I started doing men and having sex with men, it was a different story. I felt like I could give my whole self to them. You know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's that aspect where it's just like, kind of like fucking growing up and figuring this fucking shit out but I need to get out of the sticks of where I live. That's, that's my issue. I'm finding all these toxic men because these toxic men are, are born in these fucking trailer parks all over fucking Florida. And it's like, if I go back to the city, I'm sure I can find somebody who's more respectful and who is actually more at my level. Do you know what I mean? But I gotta love my, I gotta love myself first because if I love myself first, if I start being that person that I'm looking for, and not toxic because Danny's toxic as fuck. Okay, Danny, <laughs> I talk about toxic. I'm toxic as fuck. Um, if I start being that person that I that I'm actually looking for, that I have that list for, if I be them, then then so true. It I I have that, you know. So um, I just gotta kind of I gotta dig into that part. That's that's where I'm at now. I got this whole fucking spiritual gig down to a fucking pat, you know, financial stability and all this other stuff. But now it's like, okay, let's work on you. you. You're fucked up. You've tried to fucking off yourself six months ago. 
It didn't work out. Let's stop doing that now. You're 32 years old. How about we just go and relive life again? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's that's where it's created to, to where I've gotten. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's what it is. I think we, we live such black lives, dark lives that it's like, we have to have that experience in order to what we do. You know what I mean? Because if we don't, then it's like, how are we going to know if, you know, Tom, Dick or Harry or Susan, Mary and Ellen have been raped if we haven't been raped ourselves? Yep. I've always said that um, we go through the most like traumatic shit so that we can resonate and understand um, that feeling and emotion when it comes through on a reading for somebody else. With that being said, this is the longest episode ever. So we're going to end it here. let's talk though and let's um figure out what our timing looks like to do some readings and we'll uh, everybody listening this it will be on patreon by the time you hear this so you can go over there and watch it oh my phone is going to die oh perfect okay well i appreciate it i really do and um you know um just keep on being your badass self and and everyone else that's listening to this be your badass self and no fucking regrets and live your life to the best of your ability. So. Yes, no regrets. Yes. All right. <laughs> bye. All right, bye, baby.